Uh, man, if you guys don't know me, my name is Johnny Burns. Uh, I've been on staff around here for five or six years. Uh, I get the joy of leading our, our youth community around here. Uh, and, and I am just beyond blessed uh, to be able to share with you guys, uh, to be invested in this community for so long in my life. Uh, but man, we get, we get to wrap up Ephesians chapter 1, which means we are making progress. So well done, everyone. Let's continue to move forward. You know, typically when you hear this word, I, I think most people, first you go to, that's a bad word. I don't want to be greedy about nothing. But most of us go to finances, right? And there's a reality to this. Uh, when, when you gain more money, the, the, the stat is typically you're actually less likely to give money away because you hold it more tightly. Once you've tasted and seen of getting a little bit, all you want is more and more and more. And let's be real, all of us are a little bit greedy, maybe not with finances. I know I am with my golf game. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm, I'm a decent golfer. Is that fair to say, Todd? That is very fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm a decent golfer. And, and I really have two great joys in golfing. One is beating my own score, right? But that doesn't pale in comparison to beating your boss in golf. <laughs> that, that, I can assure you, I get very greedy for. And once you've tasted and seen of beating him by one or two strokes, that doesn't become enough. <laughs> then it gets to seven or eight. My mouth may start to open and chirp a little bit more, but you get a little bit greedier. And then it gets to 20. No, I'm just kidding. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but when it does, I will announce it. <laughs> right, but, but we're all greedy. But over the last 10 years, here's what I can assure you. When I came to know Jesus, this, this hunger, this desire, this greediness to only want more of him more than anything else in the world, let me assure you, that has only continued to increase. Let's be a church greedy to know and to experience Jesus. And this is exactly where Paul's going to go today. As we, this process, but as we come to know, get this accurate, lovely picture of who God is, I do believe that we will increasingly become more greedy to experience all that God offers through faith in his son. And this is what we're going to see in the text. Paul's going to highlight this in a prayer. But this is our text for the morning. If you're old school, we are in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. If you have your Bible, if not, follow along on the screen. This is how it reads. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, do, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all. And I'll pray with me. 
father of glory. The, the, the source of all spiritual life. We come to you desperately seeking for you to create inside of us this passion, this hunger, this greediness to want more of you. God, we just share in this desire that Paul has, that as we come to know you, God, would you continue to increase our joy being found ultimately and being connected to your son. So would you generously give us your spirit this morning to embolden us, to fill us with all wisdom and insight of who you are that would result in a hunger to experience all that you offer through genuine faith. Amen. All right. There's two things that I'm really convinced led Paul to this prayer. Uh, and the first is his joy in knowing and experiencing God himself. You're going to see he starts off with for this reason. You guys remember 3 through 14? 3 through 14 was, uh, was pretty long. This is what he's referencing. Because God has chosen us from the beginning of the world, because he has promised redemption in his son, because he has given us an inheritance, because he sealed us with the spirit, for all of these things that I've experienced, says Paul, here's what I'm praying for you. I know what this experience with God is like. All I hunger for is that you would experience the same thing. And then his joy in knowing that God has gifted faith to his friends. If you guys remember, way earlier in the year, we had this little thing called a pray watch list, right? But this is his pray watch list. He's engaging with people and he's hungry for people to experience more of God. He says, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering in you in my prayers. You guys have heard from, from a few young people, which I believe is just a glimpse of what God is generously doing in our community, but, but from Catherine and Andrew and from Caden, I think I get a little bit of a glimpse of what Paul feels. This overwhelming gratitude that above all else, that God has gifted my friends, the people whom I desperately love, with a genuine faith. It's the foundation of his prayer. It's what I love about this church, looking around and seeing people who genuinely love the Lord and are trying to help other people experience that. But I think I get a little taste of what that feels like for Paul and looking and seeing, wow, God, you have been so generous to me and to the people around me who I really, really love. And then he gets into the prayer for this church in Ephesus, but before us. And it's really made up of two things. And it all has to do with a greediness to know God more and to experience God more. So here's the foundation, the core, the, the root of it all, the cause of it all is, I believe that if you get a higher, a more beautiful, a more accurate picture of this God, your experience will flow from this. Pick it up in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. You see, this is where he starts the prayer is, I just want you to know him. It's why he wrote 3 through 14 before he writes this prayer, because he's giving them an accurate picture of 
Who is this God? Now, I could, like Todd did last week, spend a thorough amount of time on this 3 through 14, but, but this is something that he did. He did it excellent. If you want to go back and listen to it, this is what Paul is trying to get us to understand, how big God is. How incredibly involved he is in your salvation before you existed. How generous he is in giving us his son. But all of 3 through 14, and, and this list absolutely has to do with 3 through 14, but, but this is what else I see in scripture. is God's commitment to his own glory. You want to be greedy to know him more? A great place to start is you look at his commitment to his own glory, to his own purposes, to his own children, to his own word, above everything, and it is the reason we can be most confident, it's because God is unchanging and he's most committed to his own character, his own truth. So when God promises something, we believe first and foremost, that is to his glory. But because he loves us, we also believe it's for our good. If you want to be greedy, look more deeply at how committed he is to his own sovereignty, his happiness, and his joy that he finds in his glory. The patience and faithfulness of God. If looking at your own life and how much of a knucklehead, is this the word you use? Knucklehead. That we have been in our life, if that's not enough, look at the Old Testament. Generation after generation after generation, God, ultimately because he's committed to his own glory first and foremost, is incredibly patient and kind to his children. And he's faithful to the promises that he's made. But you want to be greedy to know him more? Go and look at how patient and faithful he's been to these people, his children, including us. How about the grace and the mercy of God? Look around. All that God has given us are things in which we do not deserve. Ultimately, what he starts with in Ephesians is he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. That is grace. But beyond that, he's given us relationships. He's given us a healthy church. He's given us your Belinda weather. He, all of these things in which it is grace upon grace upon grace. And yet the one thing that he did not give was his wrath. You want to know God more. Go and look at what Christ did to accomplish appeasing the wrath of God. So all of the gifts, all of the accomplishments, read through the Gospels. You want to be hungry? You want to know God more? This is where we start. We think, we think, we think more deeply about God, about his character, about the gift of Jesus. This promised spirit. I love this. One of my favorite times of the week, believe it or not, it is even more enjoyable than beating Todd in golf, is actually on my way to golf. I just spend time quiet with the Lord in the car. Sometimes it's pretty hard to express what it even is other than sometimes I get, you guys get the chills when you feel God's presence. Sometimes you just get this overwhelming emotion of calmness, of joy, but this presence that he gives us, 
You want to be greedy? Go and look at how generous God is in gifting us with the Spirit. And like Romans 8, 28 says, you want to know God? Look at the intricate details that he has played out in your life for you to be at this point engaging with the truth of God. To be at this point where you genuinely treasure God. How many people, how many situations, how many open doors and closed doors did it take for you to get here? A lot. And this is what Romans 8.28 is all about. We look back and we say, God, we believe that you have, in all of your sovereignty and wisdom, given us people, closed doors, open doors, all for the sake that we would know you better. You want to know God. Guys, we have an ample amount of things. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But this is what Paul is saying is if you can just get a deeper glimpse at how good and how amazing this God is, I do believe that as we, this is a process. Hear me say, 10 years ago versus right now, I'm baffled at how much more wisdom God has generously given me. But this is a process, but as we come to know more of him, then and only then, we become greedy to experience all that he has. But it flows, our experience flows from our understanding. Right, Todd always says our expression flows from our experience, while our experience flows from our understanding of who God is. And so this foundation is always, I just want to know you more. And as I come to know you more, I am convinced that I'm going to experience the depths of faith that you have given us. So let's be greedy to experience the depths of faith that is only found in being connected to Jesus. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I don't cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. And once that happens, having the eyes of your hearts, your mind is awakened, and then the eyes of your hearts are awakened that you may know. And he's gonna get into three specific expressions or experiences of faith that he wants us to be filled with. And this first one is hope in all circumstances. That you may know, pick it up in 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Guys, these two situations that we were talking about, both positive and negative this morning, we got experiences I'm sure there are experiences coming into your head when when we see real depths of grief. Just two this morning, I'm convinced there's a lot of experiences out there that are full of sorrow and full of grief. But hope is this. Hope is being convinced that God both has his presence involved and he has his purpose involved. And if those two things are true, which flow from knowing him, We can have hope in the midst of absolutely any situation that life throws at us. Whether they are real depths of grief and sorrow, or what we would call the real highs of life, 
Hope exists because God is present and God is working for his purpose. What does hope look like? I think it looks like a diminishing of anxiety. I, I often ask this question, if people don't know God, how are they not just worried about absolutely everything? I mean, I, I would just be absolutely worried about your future, your present, your job, your relationship. There's no clarity. I, I often think that, and the world is filled with anxiety, don't get me wrong, right? And, and it, if you've seen stats, it's only increasing in young people. Uh, we can blame social media. We can blame politics. We can blame school systems. You can blame whatever you want. Here's the root of it. You want to know what the real problem is? It's sin. It's lacking an accurate, healthy picture of who God is. Because the only way in which anxiety is diminished in our lives is if we have this accurate picture of who God is. And we confidently hold onto the hope in absolutely any circumstance because we believe that in all things God is working for our good because he's working for his glory. I get to have a lot of conversations with parents around here. I mean, confidently raising your kids in this world? Are you serious? <laughs> have you seen this world? I had a good conversation with Stephen. Looking forward for Ellie and what would lie ahead of her let me assure you, there is more darkness than there seems to be light. As our culture shifts from objective truth to subjective truth, as people are only fighting against each other, I mean, what hope is there? But if you're connected to the Lord and you're convinced that stuff like childbearing actually comes from the Lord and that God is present both with your kid and with you and that his purpose is to confidently move forward in faith for you, I think it gives us hope to move forward trusting that we get to be the healthiest examples and models of Jesus in our kids' lives. And that as a church, we get to multiply those examples in our kids' lives by surrounding them with even more pictures of a healthy understanding of who he is. Right? That's why we get to have hope in every single circumstance. So he's greedy that we would experience hope. Oh, and then he's really greedy that we would experience both now, but really what we have to look forward to of the riches of our inheritance. Pick it up in 18 again. Right after you get to know God, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Todd talks about a new body all the time. Let's be real. When I'm preaching, how many of you guys are less nervous that I'm going to fall off the stage than Todd is? <laughs> yes. Many of you probably hadn't even thought about it until this moment. Yes. I have golfed with the man. He needs a new body. <laughs> and I, and I, this is my prayer. If God's not going to give him a new body, he better be giving us fuzzy vision when we look at him in heaven. Right? But, but we're all hungry. Was that too mean? I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> right? But oh, our bodies just break down. Right? This last Wednesday, uh, I was playing pool basketball. One of our kids jumped on me, and I think I cracked my rib, okay? I don't like it. Now I can't golf as well. 
right? But to, but to think about what lies ahead of us just in terms of a new body. We haven't even gotten to being in the immediate presence of God yet. But just to have a new body, to never have a tummy ache, never have a headache, to never have a man cold, those are brutal, but to never have a man cold, but to never have anything going on in our body that would ever distract us from focusing on Jesus. That lies ahead for us. Perfect relational unity. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of benefits to social media. One of them is you really get some, some clear evidence as to why people walk away from church. You want to know one of the primary reasons why people, especially young people, are walking away from the church? It's because this isn't a reality yet. There are too many people, I pray, not with this church, that are connected in some way to someone who knows and loves God, who hurt other people with a lack of love and empathy and understanding. Which if somebody sees someone who is connected to God and says, I don't like what you're doing, therefore I must not like the God you're connected to. God, so much brokenness. Think about your own families. Think about some of the past people in which we've hurt. Perfect relational unity? Are you kidding me? To be in a room in heaven with thousands of people and to not have one negative thought about any other person in that room. To not have any negative expression of, I can't trust them. I don't think that, that they really would know me and love me. There will be absolutely zero intentions, desires for hurt and pain or experiences of hurt and pain because there will be a perfect unity that flows from who God is. No doubts about God, heaven, and our own faith. If you look back at seasons of your life, I'm sure many of us have asked this question of, this season did not reveal as much as I would like it to that I really love you, Lord. Right, we got questions. We have situations and circumstances like Israel, like Jeremy, that cause us to slow down and doubt God's goodness and sovereignty. The reality of heaven, it's pretty mysterious. Your own faith and the confidence that you have. But that day, there's absolutely going to be only one thing that is certain, and it's that God is amazing. You will not question any more of your own faith. You will not question any more of God's character. You will not question one another. All you're going to be amazed by and consumed by is the glory of God. You want to be rich? That is when we're going to be rich. Because <laughs> we will lack nothing. Wrestling against the flesh. And I look back in my life and just captivated by sin. As a young man, the, the lust of the eyes, uh, the, the pride I, I had in my own life. That wrestling is exhausting. Sometimes it's encouraging because you're confident God is at work, but other times you're just like, oh, who am I? What is wrong with me? How do these things keep coming in my head? How do I keep doing this? How do I not love one another really well? You want to know what it's going to be like to be rich? 
there's going to be zero intentions, zero desires, and zero actions that flow from sin. (laughs) Perfect expressions of love and unity that come in God, that is what I am longing for. I'm hungry to experience that because I know what the flesh has done to my life to kill, steal, and destroy, and I know that that fight is still happening every single day. I don't know what that is for you. When you look back at your own life, if it's gossiping, if it is pride, if it's greed, Whatever these situations in our life are, I'm just convinced every single one of us is wrestling against sin. And Paul is pointing us to, Johnny, one day, because you're connected to his son, this will be done. So Paul's greedy that we would be filled with hope and that we would be filled with confidence in the riches of our inheritance. And lastly, <laughs> Paul says, I want you to experience the immeasurable greatness of his power. That is a phrase right there. You want a biblical phrase? That is a good biblical phrase of his power towards us. Let's pick it up in 18 again. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Here's what we need to understand. This power is available not only when these riches will be made fully known, but it is available absolutely right now in every single circumstance in our life. You want to experience the fullness of God? As you come to know him, we get to be more confident that God is absolutely going to use every circumstance to show off his power towards us who believe. What does that look like? Guys, this freedom and confidence and desire to fight sin, you want to know who that comes from? Not from me. (laughs) You come to know God and you know that the spirit of God dwells in you. The freedom, the confidence, oh my gosh, from 10 years ago to right now, I am much quicker to fight sin because I have an increased understanding of the glory of God. The thoughts, the the intentions, how does a young man keep his way pure? What does scripture say? By guarding it according to your word. Right? You come across verses like that. Guess what I am really intentional about doing now in my life? I love to read and memorize scripture. Oh, if I want to guard my heart, if I want to experience the power of God, I have a fight inside of me that only comes from the Lord himself to fight against sin. Because as we come to know God more clearly, we also come to know sin more clearly. And we have a growing conviction that sin only does truly steal, kill, and destroy. And God truly only gives life. Want to know what his power is like? This is an opportunity where we have a lot of relational situations, political situations, church situations where this is what the power of God through us will look like is we constantly fight for one another and not against one another. That is happening enough in the world. Do we agree on that? That is happening all over the place. But we have the opportunity 
to fight for the faith. That's what you're fighting for in all situations, is you're fighting for the understanding and the experience of God in other people's lives. And when we become committed to that above all else, we just become greedy to experience more of it because there's nothing cooler than helping people see Jesus. And then we have this freed grip because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ in us. We are freed from the grip of anxiety because we are confident that there's hope in all situations. We are freed from it. And I mean, we are probably becoming more increasingly freed from it. What I want you to hear is this is absolutely a process. This is absolutely a process in our life that does not happen overnight, but it comes as we come to know him. And then he's given us this desire. You want to know what it looks like for God to be at work in your life? Do you actually love to think and read about him? That's from God. Are you led to pray to him? That's from God. God is filling us with his power to push us closer to him and to help one another in that process. In 3 through 14, how many times was the word in him mentioned? There's only like 11 verses. It was probably about 11 times. You want to know where he ends his prayer? This incredible exhortation of what it means to be in him. So you want to know why we can be greedy, why we can be confident about approaching God, asking for more of him? It's because he absolutely will always have more to give. You want to know what it means to be found in him? This is who we are in. We are in the one who Christ, we are in Christ. We're in the one who was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the heavenly places. We're in the one who conquered sin and death. We are in him who is seated at the right hand of God in full rule. We are in the one who's far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. There is nothing on earth that has dominion over what God has. In all situations, it is why we can be greedy for more hope, for more of the riches, and for more of his power. It's because we're found in Christ. And we're found in the one who put all things under his feet and gave himself as head over the church. We're in the one who fills us with everything that we need. That's what it looks like to be in him, and it's because we're in him that we can be filled with confidence. And I'm, I'm just really confident in this. The inevitable expression of coming to know God more accurately, more wholeheartedly, and as your faith becomes increasingly devoted to experiencing him, you guys remember how this all started? It was Paul's own expression of what he's experienced. Blessed be God. And then two or three other times in 3 through 14, he says, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. This is going to be the inevitable expression of us experiencing more of the fullness of who God is. And I think it just creates inside of us a never-ending, joy-inducing cycle of being greedy to know and to experience God. You get to know a little bit more, you get to experience a little bit more, guess what it leads you right back to? Ooh, I want to know a little bit more of that. 
Oh, this is what your love really looks like? Oh, I want to experience more. This is what your faithfulness really looks like? Oh, I want to experience that. And it's this never-ending, joy-inducing cycle until we experience the fullness of those riches. Amen? Amen. Here's my takeaways. This is an amazing chapter in Scripture. Read of God. You want to experience it more deeply, let's commit ourselves to reading and thinking more deeply about God. And then... GIF, GIF, I don't know what side you're on on this. If you don't know what a GIF is, uh, go talk to someone under the age of 35. They can probably help you with that. But I love this. A, a GIF is literally a moving picture. A moving picture. You want to know who else is a moving picture? Us. <laughs> so here's my, here's my encouragement. Uh, in your prayer life this week, if this needs to be a kickstart to prayer life, if this can serve as a helpful foundation or beginning to your prayer life, this is just an easy way to remember what Paul is doing for us and what we can be praying for ourselves and for the people around us. God, would your glory be the foundation? Would understanding you and your character be the root of everything? Start there. And then... <laughs> Increase my faith. Increase my experience of who you are. God, I've read of your love for decades. Please give me a deeper experience of your love. So we're going to spend some time right now. Uh, I, I just wanted to give us three to five minutes to pray to the God who can fill us with all hope, all the riches of our inheritance and all of his power. This is who we're praying to and I just want to give us a few minutes to pray through these three things. That, God, you would increase our understanding of who you are. Please give us a more accurate, a more loving, a more healthy picture of who you are. And out of that, God, would we boldly ask that you give us an undoubtable experience of your love for us. God, as we continue in life, would you fill us with the confidence in life because it's your power working in me and through me in absolutely every situation. So we're just gonna give you guys a few minutes uh, and I'll come back and pray for us.
God, we're, uh, we're confident that it's your power that's made perfect in our weakness. We're confident that we can be your children because we are found in him who is seated at the right hand of God. We're confident that we can greedy, in our greed, experience more of our understanding and more of our knowledge of you, more of our experience of faith, because you continually can give more. So God, would this be a church that's known by, that's filled with a hunger and a passion to know you, to know your character? And would we be known by those who are hungry to only experience a depth of faith that comes in being connected to you? Would we, would this church in Placerville, would Vintage Grace, would Hillcrest in Wisconsin, would we be a kind of church with a DNA that draws people in rather than pushes them away? Because we're helping people more accurately see you. So to the God who is sovereign, to the God who fills us with hope and peace and power, we confidently and boldly pray that you would increase our faith in your son. Amen.